Welcome to the Pesach podcast. We're going to get right down to it and start with our first topic. There will be four topics coming at you. The first one is Pesach cleaning. The second one is going to be on this unique year of having Erev Pesach fall on Shabbos. The third one is going to be on the Seder, and the fourth one is going to be on Yantif. So let's start at the beginning. That's where we are. Shall we? Yes. Good. We shall. Um, okay, so here are some of the questions that we're going to be answering. Go ahead. Okay. What is real Pesach cleaning and what is extra? How can I include my children in the cleaning and Pesach preparation process? And how can I approach preparing for Pesach positively? These questions are based on a compilation of many different questions that we've um, narrowed down to these three that should include most of what, of what we've received. And if they haven't, well, then you can contact us separately. Of course, as always. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so which one should we start with? I think you should start with an overall perspective, and then I'm going to start with questions two and three. Excellent idea. Okay. <laughs> so um, just overall, where we are in history, this is our second Corona Pesach. Um, this whole thing really started between Purim and Pesach last year, and by this whole thing... I don't have to tell you what I mean, because we all know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It is the second Corona Pesach. Now, it's a little different this year. Uh, things are, um, are looking up. Things are, we, we're kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. We have many more people vaccinated in our community. Shul is getting a bit fuller. And therefore, it's, it's not as difficult as last Pesach. But there's, an, there's another reason why it's not as difficult as last Pesach. Imagine you had a teacher who gave you uh, a very hard test the hardest test of a semester, and you studied for it, and you passed, and you feel good about it. The very next semester, the teacher gave you the exact same test. Wouldn't you feel great about the opportunity to take that test again and ace it again? So that's kind of what we have, because we were given this test last year of surviving and thriving, uh, our first Corona Pesach with, uh, without any guests, and with, uh, you know, without any shul at the time. And this year, we're given the test again, even although it's even easier this year. Mirza it should be. We'll have some guests, some vaccinated guests. We'll have shul uh, in its current form. And that's wonderful. So we should all feel good about having passed the Corona Pesach last year. And we should take that good feeling and place it into, into this year's uh, Pesach. Okay. Um, what now? Okay. So... Um... I want to use questions two and three as um, an introduction to the halachic part of this of this section. Um, so, question two is in how order do I inc- to give us yeah how do I include my children exactly? And question three is how can I possibly approach this positively? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and um, I want to speak about um, how to include your children so that you can have in mind where you could possibly include them while my husband is speaking about um, what parts of Pesach cleaning are absolutely necessary and what parts are extra. So you're saying people shouldn't be listening to me, they should be thinking about what, what I'm you, talking what you about. Said. Yes, usually. Um, that's a bit, gen- good general rule. Okay, so... Um, not starting off. <laughs> so um, how can you include your children? So how you can include your children should be in a way that you can do it positively. Like send your husband out with your kids. 
Well, you that's can... not called including your children. Oh. So in a way that you can do it positively, meaning you should, it is imperative to include your children in Pesach preparations. However, um, including them in Pesach preparations in a way that's going to turn negative is obviously counterproductive. So the question is, really, how can I include my children positively? That really has to be the question. And um, in order to include your children positively, um, it's very important to know which parts of Pesach cleaning are absolutely essential and which parts are extras. Because if we include our children in the parts that are extra or the parts that can be tweaked or fixed afterward, we have much less potential for negativity because there's much less nervousness there. There's much less stress when we know that at the end of the day, if they don't do it right, it's okay. So um, when we want to know how to include our children, let's pay attention to those parts of Pesach cleaning that are a little bit extra because we really do want to include them. And one might say, but isn't the chinuch not there if I'm doing this, if I'm only including them in the extra parts? And I don't think that that's true. Meaning the question is, our, our job is to teach our children how to perform mitzvahs in such a way that when they get older and they're high, they're obligated, they're going to perform it in that way. Right. Right. So the question is that if we're having them do the extras, we're not giving them proper chinuch. Right. So chinuch is um, done in many different ways. Chinuch is done through modeling and chinuch is done through having them practice, do the, you know, do the things that eventually they'll have to do. So your children will see what you do, even if you don't do it when they're home, right? Um, it's always good to talk about things that you do, again, as long as you could do it positively and they see the results of what you do. And them even seeing that you're concerned about the extra and that you're doing more than you have to do, that in and of itself is chenuch. So um, I think that it's much more important that the experiences that they have are positive rather than that they do things that they absolutely must be doing later. Um, you know, no one's going to have their child um, kosher their counters because if they don't do it right, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a big mess. <laughs> right? That's not a good idea. So when you have your children, for example, you know, clean out the toys, like my husband will talk about in a minute, knowing full well that if, as long as they don't miss a full Oreo, that they did a great job and it's fine, then they get to do something. They get to feel productive. You feel good about them helping because it's something that you wanted done. And overall, it's a positive experience. That was obviously just an example, but for um, more and better examples, why don't we speak about what is necessary and what is not necessary? Okay, so um, let's break this down into two categories. I just, I just want to preface that I'm going to be giving a full-length shear on this topic about cleaning and connected to Bidika's Chametz soon. So uh, if you really want to know the, the, the full extent of these halachas and how to perform them properly and how to really understand it, so look for that shear. But in lieu of that, let's just give some basic pointers. Um, also, I'm going to be saying cleaning and checking, and it's really all the same thing. The halachas of cleaning for Pesach really come from the halachas to check for chametz. We have a prohibition against owning chametz in our possession in addition to Everyone knows the prohibition against eating chametz, but we can't own chametz. What is the chametz that we can't own, that we can't find? That's also the same chametz that we're supposed to get rid of and clean. So the first thing you have to do is divide your home mentally. You don't have to go and do this right now. Mentally divide your home into two zones. We'll call them zone one and zone two. 
Creative names. Thanks. Just thought of it on the spot. Just like that. So <laughs> zone one is um, places where you eat or where food is stored, food that you're going to eat. Zone two is not that. It's areas where you're not going to, uh, to be preparing food or eating food. Zone one has to be cleaned very, very carefully. That's your kitchen, your dining room table, your kitchen table, areas in which you prepare food and areas in which you consume food. There, we have to be concerned that any edible crumbs, chametz crumbs, might get into your Pesach food or into your Pesach kalim, your dishes, and that wouldn't be a good thing at all. So some examples of this, as I mentioned before, you have, you know, you have like your kitchen counters, you have the cabinets, uh, that you're going to be using to store your pots and pans and, and dishes. Pantry shelves where you store your uh, Pesach items. Uh, the table in which you eat. Even the chairs that you sit on when you're at your um, at your table. Uh, you often, you know, you, you grip onto the sides of the chair and you'll move it around. And, and therefore, those areas have to be free of crumbs. We don't want Chas Vashon to have some crumbs on our hands as we're sitting at our, uh, at our Pesach Seder or any of the meals in Pesach. So that area you have to clean very well. And in addition to cleaning it very well, uh, which means we're actually getting rid of crumbs, um, it's a very good idea to use, at least very lightly, some sort of caustic cleaner, because if there is a crumb that's left there, chametz <clears throat> uh, is something that's edible. If it's rendered totally inedible, it's not chametz. So even if you would have a crumb, theoretically, in your drawer, or on your counter or something, if you spray it with 409 or bleach or anything like that, and it renders the crumb inedible, <clears throat> then that's not chametz. So it's a good idea to clean these areas well and to use some sort of caustic cleaner. Zone two is all the other areas of the house. Uh, your couches, your playroom, uh, you know, table, your study, other areas, dining room, I mean, um, living rooms. Not dining room, dining room is zone one. Yeah, good, you're listening. I am. So there, that's not zone one, and therefore you don't have to clean uh, you don't have to clean so specifically. You're not trying to get rid of crumbs. You're trying to get rid of something else. Now, let's define what that something else is so that we know what we're looking for. <clears throat> the halacha um, is that you can't own a kazayas, an olive bulk's worth of chametz. You can't own a kazayas of chametz. Um, if it's less than a kazayas, and if it's also not fit for human consumption, then that is no problem, meaning you're, there's no prohibition of owning that chametz. And it doesn't, even, doesn't have to be totally destroyed, like the example we gave before of having it bleached. Even if it's, some, if it's just not, uh, if it's dirty and it's not really human consumption, if it's less than a kazayas, that's not a problem. So what you're looking for is chametz that is bigger than a kazayas, or if it's chametz that's like around the size of a cheerio, which is still fit for human consumption. Which is why I give the example of Cheerios, because those are like indestructible. And because they're everywhere. Yeah. So not that they're indestructible, you can't... They're, yeah, they're everywhere, and they usually retain their like Cheerio shape. They're very recognizable. And they usually retain their edibility. Right. So, it's, so a Cheerio is, <laughs> is a great example of the type of thing we're looking for out of the kitchen. Um... Okay, so where, where do we have to check uh, slash clean? So we define what we're looking for. Now, where are we looking? So we have zone one and zone two. In zone two, which is not where we have food, 
Um, then you're looking for chametz in areas in which you, during the year, bring chametz in. If there's an area, if you never bring your chametz into your garage, then you don't have to check slash clean your garage. You're not expecting to find chametz there. Um, so uh, that applies in most cases. However, if you have young children, then all bets are off. Children can get and do get absolutely <laughs> everywhere. Um, and so you have to be looking anywhere where your children might have deposited Whatever. Do you remember when Rabbi Zopnik came to visit us in Israel? Yeah, and, yeah. And he lost his keys. Vaguely, keep going. My 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 brother-in-law's Rav came to visit us when we lived in um, when we lived in Israel in our very first apartment, and oh, when right. he went to leave, he could not find his car keys, and we were looking all over the place, and Chaya was a, a crawling, maybe maybe just walking baby. Chaya is my oldest, she's now 13, and she, and we could not find these keys, and it was like a little bit embarrassing. We looked and looked and looked and looked and looked until we finally found them inside a closet. Do you remember what Rizek Nick said? And he said, mm-hmm. now you know why you have to check everywhere for chametz when you have a toddler. He said, because literally, she, <laughs> sticky fingers, took his keys and stuck them in a closet could not find them for quite some time. And that's a good example of, you know, where kids put stuff. Right. So that happened to your chametz. So you have to check that place <laughs> where, where she or he might have stashed your chametz. But if, if they're not gymnasts and they really can't get to like the fourth bookshelf or the exactly. fifth bookshelf, don't worry about it. Um, they didn't get all the way up there. They're, they're good, but no, they're not that good. So, um, you know, anywhere your kids might have dragged some chametz, that's where you have to check slash clean. Uh, now, what about toys? So uh, we try to be careful about keeping, you know, food upstairs and toys downstairs, but it's not a perfect system. Um, and so we have to look through the toys. It doesn't mean you have to inspect every single um, piece of Lego. It means you're looking for your Cheerios in the, in the Lego box. Uh, in addition, it's highly recommended that if you have toys that are brought to the table or that there might be food in, in the toy container, um, you might want to consider just putting it away for Pesach. Uh, they don't need all the toys, do they? Or over the course of Pesach, not bringing toys to the table. That's our regular practice. Meaning we don't, when we try to not during the year, but on Pesach we are fairly strict not to bring toys or books to the table during the eight days of Pesach right. in order to avoid this issue, in order that toys not turn into zone one. Right, so that, that's, what we're saying is two separate things. First of all, that you should be cleaning your toys because kids might have brought comments there. If you don't want to clean those toys, you just want to put them away, that's okay. Just take that really, you know, that Cheerio, that Cheerio box, i.e. the toy box filled with Cheerios, <laughs> tape it up, put it away, and you don't have to worry about it. Uh, if you are going to have toys around, which you should, highly recommended, then don't bring those toys to the table. The things that are getting around on the floor and all over the place... Uh, it's just good to have the standard practice of not bringing those types of things to the table where you're going to be eating. But even if you don't bring them to the table, they should be checked for chametz that's either over a kazais or is still edible. Right. Um, okay. So uh, that that idea, by the way, of putting away the toy box leads me to the next point, which is we talked about where you're cleaning zone one and zone two. We talked about what you're looking for, how big it has to be, um, and uh, how that you know, where you have to look changes when you have children. Um, so, you know, one thing that you can do 
is if you have a toaster oven, you don't have to check the toaster. You can just put it away. Very handy tip. You can take certain parts of your kitchen that you don't want to use over Pesach. It's going to be sold, uh, meaning the things in it are going, the containers are going to be sold to the non-Jew, and you can take your toaster, put it into that uh, cabinet, and seal it up and put tape on it, and you're done. You don't have to actually check it. You could do that with anything that you own. So the chametz dishes that you're not going to use on Pesach, and you're going to leave them in the cabinet that they usually are in, it's enough to just tape up that cabinet, and that's it. Yep, you're done. It might be a good idea to open it up and make sure there's no, like, peanut butter and jelly sandwich in there. But if there is, in theory. In theory, it's sold. It's just not the type of thing that we like having around, especially if your minute is not to sell chametz gummer, um, complete chametz. So it's just good to check for those things. But that's just the cursory glance in the cabinet. Uh, it's not Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are usually easy to find. <laughs> right. Nothing more than that. Uh, okay, so that I think that really does it for general rules of cleaning. Mm-hmm. And um, what about checking, pre-checking? Yeah, so um, so again, look at that. List, look for that longer shear about checking for comments. But here's a very important tip that will make your lives easier. Um, and that's as follows. We're checking, we check for chametz as we're going to detail the next class this year on Thursday night. That's when we do B'dikas chametz. Uh, it could be a daunting task to be faced with your entire house and your car and your office to check all in one night. Even if you're going to do a speedy check, it could take some time um, and you're hungry and tired. It's Erev Pesach. So here's a great option. You can do pre-checks. What that means is on the nights leading up to Pesach, you can go to the areas that you've already cleaned and check them off by checking them at night with a flashlight. You go into the room, you go into your kid's room, you go into your uh, study or garage that you've already cleaned. You make sure that it is chametz free and you can check that off your list by checking it ahead of time. So um, that will count towards your bedika. Now you want to leave over an area so that you can do bedika's chametz on the night that we're supposed to do bedika's chametz when we make the bracha, um, but your job becomes much smaller if you do these pre-checks on the nights leading up to Pesach. I try to do that um, every year. I, I do all the, the outer areas of the house, moving from out, outward in. So I do like the bedrooms on the out, out, outer part of the house, out of the garage, and then I'll leave over the, you know, the really important kitchen area for the bedika on the night of bedika's chametz. So that's a great and very important tip that should be very helpful. Okay. Um, I'd like to go back to two of the questions that, again, and I see that this happens quite often, um, really need to be answered together and um, complement each other. And that's the first question, which is, what is real Pesach cleaning that my husband just dealt with at length? And what's extra? And how can I approach it positively? Um, So I think that we tend to, like in almost every area of life, um, lean toward one um, extreme or the other. There are people who are extremely set on doing everything that their Bobby did and doing it, you know, absolutely the exact same way, every Chumrah, every everything. And um, there are people who kind of reject that concept and say, you know, I heard a shear by so-and-so and the only thing that you have to do is X, Y, Z. That's the absolute you know, um, minimal halacha, and I'm not going to make myself a shmata or drive myself crazy to do all these crazy chumras that people do for Pesach. And um, the question is, really, what should be our approach? And um, I think that um, in terms of what's extra, 
very often the question has to be, what can I approach positively? And what I mean by that is that um, Pesach has a rich history of, of including extras. And those things can often make your experience even more positive and more special. For example, often there are things that I do that my husband will say, okay, so you should just know that that's extra. And my reaction is, no, I love doing that. It makes my yontif better. It makes, it, it's, it makes Pesach special to me, right? Like, even if I don't need to buy a new lipstick for yontif because I could clean it or whatever it is, but I, it's the only time of year that I buy a new lipstick and that is like, I like doing that on Pesach. I don't want to buy it another time of year. I want to buy it for Pesach. So that makes a difference for me and that's a positive thing for me. So even though it's something that's extra, it makes my experience more positive. And when we allow ourselves to recognize what is Ikradin, what do I need to do and what is extra, sometimes that really allows us to do the extras in the most positive way. And you know, everyone says Pesach is not spring cleaning. It's not spring cleaning, but just, Look at yourself and say to yourself, well, what are the things that make it better for me? Meaning like, I like when my house is more organized, so maybe I can make a little more time and make my house more organized for Yantif because that makes Yantif special time. And that is a really positive thing. And that's something that shouldn't be taken lightly. And obviously, the most positive part should be fulfilling the mitzvah. So the most positive part should be doing the ikaradin, the things that we have to do. But the extras can be positive. We don't have to have the attitude that the extras, by definition, have to be negative. They absolutely can be positive. And sometimes that's the best litmus test for deciding when it is that we decide to do an extra. And doing things that we've seen in the houses of people that we respect or things that are traditions in our family can often make Yandif even more special and can make Yandif even more positive. And um, even though they're extra, they are, they can really be positive instead of negative. So I was in the park the other day, um, two days ago, mm-hmm. and there was somebody in the park and we were talking for a minute and he said to me, um, he asked me how I was doing, I asked him how he, how he was doing and he, and he said, um, I'm a little stressed at, at Pesach coming. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, what are you stressed about? So he was telling me about his cleaning, is this, is that. And I, I did my thing and started telling him, you know, it shouldn't be so stressful. Um, we should talk about what you're doing and what's necessary and what's not necessary. You have to focus on really what Zikra did. And, and he said to me, he said, no, 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 no. He said, I don't want you to, to uh, turn down my stress. He said, I like it. I, I like being challenged. I like doing things 100%. And my stress just means that I'm doing it right. And I'm happy about that. So I think that really speaks to your point. Amazing. Now, let me just add one more point, kind of tying the end to the beginning. And uh, we can't, it's been about 20 minutes. We can't really go 20 minutes without talking about Corona nowadays. It doesn't work. (laughs) So um, we started out talking about this is the second uh, Corona Pesach. And what that means is that we've really been in our homes a lot for this entire year. Uh, You know, somebody early on commented that homes are not meant to be lived in (laughs) this much. I've uh, heard that line a couple of times. And if you need evidence of that, you can come to ours. Right, take a look at the pain, take a look at it. Yeah. So, um, there, you know, that's a significant thing. It, it's, been a, it's been quite a year, mm-hmm. 
And uh, we've really been, like, we've battened down the hatches and we've been in our homes. And we've used our homes as a ship of um, sanity, hopefully, of Kedusha on, in, 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 on a sea of turmoil and uh, difficulty world over. And, and our homes have been like our Tevos. Um, and that doesn't mean they have not been stressful. It doesn't mean they haven't been challenges. But it does mean that we have lived lives of, of dedicated Jews, dedicated to each other, to our children's chinuch, to whatever we need to do to improve our situation and to serve Hashem in the best way possible in these homes. Every nook and cranny of our homes has been used for a Zoom class or for stealing us, you know, uh, away to a corner to learn or to read or something or for uh, important conversations. Every little spot of our home has been used for something positive over the course of this year. We've effectively elevated our homes with our elevated Jewish living. And now we're going through that same space and we're continuing to elevate it by looking for chametz and by taking these homes and, um, and rededicating them once again to the service of Hashem.